Hey everyone, welcome to Together Church's online experience. I am so excited that you're here with us today. Uh, if this is your first time watching, would you do us a favor and go to mytogetherchurch.com and let us know where you're watching this from. You could also message us on whatever social media platform that you are enjoying this message with. We are so thankful to have you today. And if you're a regular, Welcome back, and you as well can go to mytogetherchurch.com, and you can pay your tithes, offerings, you can help support what God is doing here at Together Church here in Pace, Florida. We are so thankful that you're watching, we are so thankful that you're listening, and we are so thankful to have you a part. So, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we have been talking from the book of Acts, uh, specifically Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, we started this journey because we were learning more about the day of Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday, and I just felt like we needed to stay in this book a little bit longer. And as, as I was reading Acts chapter 3, I thought this would be a great message for us to celebrate Father's Day with. I think that this message is great not only for you as a believer, uh, to strengthen you and to help you to be the best disciple that God has called you to be. Uh, but also we could take these principles and we can apply it to how we interact with our children and how we interact with people in our lives. So dads, we are so thankful that you're a part of our lives. We're so thankful that you have loved us and cared for us. And we couldn't be here without you dads. And we're excited for this message today. So Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at all at what had happened to him. Could you imagine being uh, one of these people who see this, right? They see this incredible miracle take place. See, they, they've been seeing the guy, right? This is the guy who uh, they pass every Sunday, right? They, they are going to church and they pass this gentleman every Sunday. They looked at him and thought that, uh, maybe he was ruining the scenery of their church and wished that he would just get his life together, right? Wished that he would just get cleaned up, get into the church. Uh, they, they were hoping that, that he would make better decisions with, uh, with his life. This is the guy they looked at every Sunday and had pity on him, 
not enough pity that they would actually, you know, do something, right? Uh, but pity at this guy who sat at their temple gate. So the first thing I want to say about John and Peter and what they did uh, is they saw a person. If you're taking notes, write that down. They saw a person. It says Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John. They didn't see him as a helpless cause, a hopeless cause. They saw him as a person. They saw him for who he was, not who uh, they heard he was. They didn't judge him according to his circumstances, his causes, or his problems. They saw him as a person. And this is something that we have to do. This is something that, that you and I have to do. This is something we have to do for our children, that we see them as people, not what they've done, not who they have been, but who they are. We can see them as God sees them, as someone who is loved by the Father. Sure, they've made bad decisions. Sure, they have done things in their lives that probably displeases us or, or makes us angry or, or what, what have we. But we have to understand that God loves them with an ever, uh, with a never-ending love. That he cares for them. That, that they are his children and they're loved. And you and I have got to do that same thing. And, you know, I think this is kind of hard for men to do, right? Man, we like to see people, and a lot of us have this tough mentality, and we have this idea that, that maybe they should work harder, or we have this idea that, that whatever they've done in their life has led them to this point, and they're here by their own circumstances. Because for whatever reason, that's the way we see things. But that's not how God sees this man. And in this moment, it's not how Peter and John saw him. They looked at him, they focused in on him, and they were willing to help. To see this man as a person, not a statistic, not, not a helpless cause, but as a person. So the second thing they were doing after they saw him is they were willing to help. They were willing to help this man. They saw a person, they saw a need, and they knew that they could fulfill it. And what, what I find interesting about this, this, this scripture right here is that this is a church day for them, right? Everyone was going to church. Everyone was passing by seeing this man, but they all kind of refused to help him. Maybe they gave him a little bit of cash. Maybe they, maybe they threw some, some, some money to him. But, but Peter and John in this moment, they weren't so busy with church that they ignored a, a need in front of them. I want to say it like this. We can't get so focused on the goal of the journey that we neglect the people in the journey with us. Right, if we have this idea that God has us on this journey, right? He has this calling, this purpose, and, and we have this task at hand, right? Some of us are very task-oriented. We need to get it done. But we can't be so task-oriented that we don't acknowledge the people that God brings into our lives. That the ride of the journey is more important sometimes than the finish of the journey. That we got to slow down and we got to enjoy who God has put in our lives. We got to look at the people God has put in our lives and we've got to help them 
Peter and John prioritized the people in the journey more than the goal of the journey. I want you to write that down. Peter and John prioritized the people in the journey more than the goal of the journey. That I couldn't get so focused in on finishing this task that I neglected the people that were around me. And we see Jesus doing this constantly. We see this at the woman at the well, that the disciples are like, hey, we're supposed to be eating. We're supposed to be going to this next city. Why are you sitting here with this woman? And Jesus saying, my need is to be here. Right? When Jesus saw the woman that was caught in adultery, he stopped what he was doing to go and to be with her. And we've got to learn. We've got to learn that, that the people around us are more important than us finishing what we're doing. It was more important than uh, uh, going to church even, right? Like we, we get all dressed up, we get the kids ready, and you know I think Lionel Richie had it all wrong. Lionel Richie didn't have to get kids ready for church, you know what I'm saying? He said it's easy like Sunday morning, but you get three kids and you're trying to get them dressed, I digress. Um, but, but, but we see, we know the hustle. We know the importance that we put on going to church. But sometimes we've got to slow down and see the people around our church. We've got to see the people God has put in our lives to reach, maybe on the way to church. At, it, it's more important that we be the church sometimes than it is to go to church. Right? That's what Peter and John were doing in this moment. They said, we got to be the church right now. Yes, we are on our way to church, but we've got to be the church for this lame man in this moment. And I get it. Like, listen, I get it. We're hustling. We're trying to achieve the goal of this journey. Right? We're hustling at our jobs. We're trying to make the most money we can. We're trying to be the best employee we can. We're trying to support our family the best that we can. It's a hustle. But who are the people at your job that need you? Being a dad. The hustle of being a dad. Going to golf practices, right? Making sure they're in church. Making sure their homework's done. Making sure that you have time just being with them. It's a, it, it, it's a hustle, but it's more important that we slow down to enjoy that time with them. With them. The hustle of being on vacation, right? You have to come home to rest from your vacation. Y'all know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a hustle, but, but who do we interact with on our vacation that needs us to be the church? going to the coffee shop, right? We've got work to do. we got things we got to get done while we're there. But there's people that we need to interact with. There's a time where we slow down and we need to be willing to reach out, willing to help, willing to be the church that, these, that, that people need in this day. Now, these were men. And how did they interact? They interacted with kindness gentleness, love, generosity. That's who they were in this moment. They said that you need me right now 
to be loving, to slow down, to be kind to you, to be gentle with you in this moment. And dads, you know, if you're watching this, I want you to, I want you to take this in. Sometimes our need, our kids need us to slow down, to be kind, to be gentle, to see their needs and be willing to stop what we're doing, stop in the hustle of our jobs and hustles of everything going on, just to be with them in love and gentleness and kindness, much like we see out of Paul or excuse me, Peter and John in this moment. The, the next thing I want you to write down is they knew what they had to offer. They looked and said, sir, look at us. They knew that they had something bigger than themselves to offer this man. They knew that they had been with someone more powerful than themselves. They're coming off this uh, Pentecostal high, right? They just saw the power of the Holy Spirit moving and changing lives, and 3,000 people are changed, and they have all that holy confidence in them, right? That they knew that they could do whatever they put their mind to, and they saw this man, and they said, you know what? We've been with Jesus, and we know the power that Jesus has, and we know that we can express that power to this individual to see his life changed and they knew that they were prepared for this moment and they told him to look at us all right this is where it gets a little we get a little deeper in here all right listen this is where we get a little bit deeper into this i want you to hold on with me right men i, I get it we're prepared for anything if you go out to your truck right now you go out to your car i guarantee there's first aid kits toe straps tools, knives. We're in the South. You got guns in there. You got napkins that you've been saving up from McDonald's. You are ready for whatever, whenever, however. Come on, somebody. I know your car is full of all that stuff because mine's. We are ready to handle whatever, whenever, however. But in this moment, they, they were ready to help this man in a different way. They were willing to be an example to someone else. And they were challenging this man to be more. And, and that's when they said, look at us. Peter and John said, you can look at us when you need to see power. You need to look at us when you need to see there's more to life than what you've been experiencing. There is more for you in this life, and you can look to us to see that. Come on, this is this. They were willing to be an example. And this is the same way with our children, right, dads? That we have got to know that we have been with Jesus that we know the power that's in us, that when we look at our kids and say, hey, you guys can look up to us. You could find a godly example when you look to us. When you look to me, when you look to your dad, you could find a man who has integrity. You could find a man who has been with Jesus. You could find a man that knows that the power of the Holy Spirit dwells in me. And we could be that example to our children. We could show that hope to them. And that's ironic, right? Coming from Peter. Not even two months ago, Peter was a liar. He was a coward. He was ashamed of Jesus. He was the last guy that anyone should be looking up to. 
But what happened between him denying Jesus and him standing up to perform this miracle for this man? He encountered the power, the love, the forgiveness of the Holy Spirit. That he was a liar and a coward, but he went to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. That not only was he forgiven of Jesus, but he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the type of turnaround that only occurs in the life of one touched by the Holy Spirit of God. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what type of life you have lived, but what I do know is get in the presence of Jesus. Allow the power of the Holy Spirit to change your life. That how you started is not how you have to finish. That you can still be an example to your children. You could be a godly father who they can look up to. That you could say with all confidence, look to me. Now, you could be watching this and you may not have any kids. This whole Father's Day may not apply to you. But the same principle is true for you. That how you started life isn't how you have to finish it. Who you were yesterday is not who you have to be today. And I can guarantee as God has changed you today, he will continue to change you day after day after day. And that old image of who you are will no longer have to haunt you and worry you and bother you because you have become new. And the same thing can work for you that, that uh, people can look to you for hope. They can look look for you for help and they can look for you for the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus that dwells in you. Come on, somebody. Now, guys, I think this is true and I think our wives will agree with us on this one. We are ready for anything. You get a flat tire, you cut off a finger, whatever. We are ready. We have everything in our car. But what we're not ready to deal with is, is, is emotions right we don't we don't like we don't like talking about emotions we don't like talking about things like this we don't want to like you get what i'm saying like we get home from work and our wife wants to hear all about our work but we've just experienced it all day long so we don't want to talk about it we don't want to talk you know as soon as our wives cuddle up next to us or they they start to cry all of a sudden we're sitting there going what 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 do i do <laughs> What am I supposed to do right now? We're ready for everything until it comes to the emotions. Right? That's just who we are. But Peter was a failure, but he made it right, and he pressed through in life with the power of the Holy Spirit. And now he is using that power to change other people that is around him. That power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you is there so you can bless someone else. So you can tell someone, look to me, and you can reach down, pull them up, and help them. Right, number four. Peter and John, they were giving. This is so cool. Peter said, I have no silver. I have no gold. But what I do have, I give to you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
Listen, being a believer means that we are generous givers. That we are, are wanting to help. We, we're willing to give to the church. We're willing to give to those in need. That, that we believe in using the resources that God gives us to be a blessing to those around us. Oh, I know. I know. Here comes another, another preacher talking about money. But no, giving money is easy. Giving, giving someone money is, is easy. Giving the church money is easy. We're not talking about giving money in this moment. We're not talking about being generous givers of cash, right? We're talking about generous givers of time, resources, emotions, attention, generous givers of the gospel, Generous givers of prayer. Generous givers of hope. That we could slow down with our kids and give them us. They have a lot of toys, right? They have a lot of stuff at home. But what they need is more dad. And we as believers, we as fathers, need to learn the greatest resource we can give is ourself. And just like money is a resource and it can be a blessing, the biggest resource is our time of giving to ourselves. If you want to better your church, give more of yourself to it. If you want to better your marriage, give more of yourself to it. Be generous in what you're doing. Let's step a little deeper into this. Your kids just don't need more money. Your, your kids don't need more toys. The church don't need more money. Your community doesn't need more money. What they need is the Holy Spirit in you. The more opportunities that you could take your kids around to give them more time with you, and to use that time to pour into them the message of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit in you. The people at your work need more of Jesus working through you. This is incredible. Peter and John, they knew what this man needed. And they said, we don't have the money that you think you need. We don't have the silver, the gold. We don't have any of that. But what we do have is the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a miracle working God who can heal you in this moment. And that's what you need more than money. And they were willing to give it because they've been with Jesus. And listen, they said in the name of Jesus. They knew that in this moment, they weren't working in their own power. But they were working in the authority of Jesus. To know one has this power is more wonderful than all the riches of the world. To know that I have the power of the Holy Spirit that I have the authority of Christ in me is more wonderful than all the riches of the world. Number five, Peter and John were willing to act. 
It says, and they took him by the hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Listen, y'all, this is so cool. They were willing to put their faith to the test and reach out. This is huge. Think about this. Not only did they walk up and say, hey, listen, Jesus can heal you. They reached out and picked him up. Oh, this is, come on, somebody. They weren't just talking about Jesus. They were, they were walking it out. This is a big faith step. Think about it. They're about to grab a, a, a lame man and try to pull him up to his feet. There's only two ways this goes. Really good and really, really, really bad. Okay? It took a lot of faith. It took a lot of trust. And I could imagine, I mean, just trying to be one of the people like, you're not a part of this. You're posted up by this gate and you're watching what's going on. You're like, man, that man's trying to pick him up. What is about to happen in this moment? Right? Visualize this with me. This is a huge leap of faith. Think about Paul, Peter. I can't say Paul or Peter. They're all the same to me, apparently. Think about Peter, who's reaching his hand down to this man. Could he be thinking, what if this doesn't work? What will they think? This will be embarrassing. They'll laugh at me. I won't be able to show my face around here anymore if I try to pull this man up and he just falls over again. This is a huge moment. But Peter had his mind made up and was set on seeing this man healed. His mind was set on helping this man. He wasn't worried about himself. He wasn't worried about his reputation. He wasn't worried about what people were thinking. He was worried about getting this done for this man. This is challenging. Where do you need to reach out in your life? Where are the moments, the people, the circumstances? Where are these moments where you need to be reaching out in faith and pulling things up? Where are you in your life? What are the things in your life where you need to activate your faith and take a big old leap and say, this is going to work really good or really bad? But you got to do it. You got to have faith in Jesus, faith in that power that they had, that, that you have inside of yourself. You've got to reach out. You've got to activate your faith. You've got to have your mind made up that this is going to work. Man up, reach out, and activate the faith that you have in your life. All right, number six. This is great. Number six, they were willing to share hard truths. But wait, there's more. Acts chapter 3 verse 11. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. 
when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murder to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses and this name by faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Powerful. Peter was willing to say this in love, with love. That he knew that the gospel of Jesus Christ needed to be preached in this moment. Not that this was great that Peter and John just healed this man or that they, 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 they took themselves out of the equation and wanted to preach Christ. And they were more interested in saying the right things than the safe things. Right? This is a very dangerous moment for them to start to look at a group of people and to tell them, this is the man you killed. This is what you have done. This is the man that you could have had with you, but we thought that we'd rather have a murderer than a Messiah. He was more interested in telling the people what they needed to hear more than his own reputation or his own safety. And I want us to really get this idea that we need to be willing as fathers, as husbands, as Christians to say what needs to be said. We have got to say the things that people need to hear in love, with love. That we're not like a bull in a china shop that we just run in and we say what we think needs to be said in a way that's uh, maybe hurtful or downgrading or, or, or anything like that. But we, we say what needs to be said in love, with love. We say, hey, listen, I think you need to hear this. I think what I am saying needs to be heard by you, and it may not be what you want to hear, but I believe it's what you need to hear, and I'm here to help you walk through this. Not coming in there going, well, bless God, you need to hear this because you're not doing right. That, that, that's not the right attitude. With love, in love. They were gentle, generous, loving, kind in this moment. And I know sometimes we read these and, and we add our own tones and we add our own thought and, and we could come across the scripture and think that, that Peter is being very uh, demonstrative or direct and, and he's just, you know, bless God, this is your fault. This, and then I believe Peter was saying this for their own benefit. That he was saying, you need to hear this. What, what you saw Change this man's life is the same truth that can change your life. The same power and miracle working faith that raised a lame man was the same spirit that needed to work miracles in the hearts of the people that watched the miracle. Miracles, the power of the Holy Spirit isn't just for great uh, moments of healing like this. I believe it's a miracle every time someone heart, someone's heart is cleansed. Every time someone's sin is forgiven, I believe that's a miracle. Anytime that we step into our, our, our God-given identity, I believe that's a miracle. And that same power wants to work through you as you speak the words of life in love, with love to the people around us. And as fathers, we have got to know when to speak, what to speak, and how to speak to our children 
and to our loved ones. I know sometimes it's easier for us to be the tough guy and just say, you know, this is your fault. You shouldn't have done that. You know, rub some dirt on it. Sometimes we got to be speaking with love, speaking in love with love, right? And we take our kids and we let them know they're safe and they're cared for and they're loved. And we still share the things that they, they need to hear, right? As believers, we have to know when to speak, what to speak, and how to speak to the ones who need our attention. How to speak to our employees at work. How to speak to the person making our coffee. How to speak to the person who cut us off in traffic. How to speak to the police officer who pulled us over, right? How to speak to the person at Taco Bell when they get your order wrong. Y'all feel me? Y'all get what I'm saying today? Being a disciple is hard. But it's what we have to do. And we can't do this on our own. But we could do this with the power of the Holy Spirit. Knowing what to say, when to say it. Willing to reach out and to help people. Willing to be generous. Willing to look at people for who they are. It's hard to do in our own power. But it's something that we have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to help us do. Listen, slow down in life. There's time to make money. There's time to hustle. There's time to grow your business. There's time to, to do vacations. There's time for that. Slow down, Dad. Slow down a little bit. Stop focusing on the goal of the journey and start focusing on the, the, the companions of the journey, right? The people that God has brought into our lives. And this just isn't our loved ones. That's not what I'm saying. This is our loved ones, the people that we think are our enemies, the, the people we bump, bump into day to day, our employees. This is all the people on this journey with us. Slow down. Slow down a little bit. Love the people you love. Love the people you don't love. Love your enemies. Love the people that you scratch your head and go, God, why is this person in my life? Why is this person got to be a part of my journey? Slow down. Love them. Understand why all these people are in your life. Focus in on the people around you more than the goal in front of you. Understand that this power of the Holy Spirit is what fuels your journey. But like a good road trip, there's the empty end. And there's refilling, right? We fill up our gas as much as it hurts right now. We fill up our gas. We drive it till about a quarter of a tank. We take the exit. We fill up and we keep going. Come on, somebody. Your, your, your children need you to slow down. Spend time with them. Refuel. Keep going. So if I can encourage you today, that's what I want to tell you to do. That's what I believe made this moment so powerful. Peter and John, they saw a person, not a cause. They were willing to help. They knew what they had to offer to this man. They were willing to give, to be a generous giver. They were willing to put their faith to the test. They were willing to act. And they were willing to share hard truths. Listen, to this moment... 
if there's anyone watching and, 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 and you don't know why you're watching, you don't know how you stumbled across the sermon uh, here with Together Church, I just want to encourage you to encounter the love of Jesus. The same power that was working in this moment, the same love that was being shared is the same power and the same love that I want you to encounter today. That the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit wants to dwell inside of you. And that sometimes you feel like you don't have power to make it. You feel like you don't have power to make it through the day. But the power of the Holy Spirit will not just help you get through this day, to get through this season, but it will help you to get through every obstacle that's been holding you back in your life. The love that you've been void of in your life is the same love that wants to fill you up. And when you encounter the love of Jesus, you can only learn about the love that he has for you, but you can experience the love that you need to have for yourself. Today, Jesus loves you. He cares for you. He wants to empower you to make it through every obstacle that you're facing. That what you're going through isn't to end you. That you will make it through. So I want to pray for you. And, you know, I think this has really spoken in me a lot about maybe shortcomings I've had in my life. And, uh, Dad, if you're watching this, right, if you're a dad and you say, hey, I don't, I don't think I can be a guy. I can't be a father that these kids look up to. I've made too many mistakes. They know what I've done. They've seen my weak moments. No, no, your kids love you. And they want the best for your life. And they know that, that God has a plan for you. And, and, and you need to start walking that out and start forgetting about your past and focusing in on who God has called you to be and love your children as God loves you. So I want to pray for you today. God, I love you. And I thank you for this opportunity that I can share this moment with my friends with my loved ones, Lord, that if they're watching and they've never encountered the love of Jesus, I pray right now is that moment. They don't know what to expect. They don't really understand, but they feel something in their heart right now. They feel a turning. They feel a tightening. They feel a burning in their heart right now, God. And Lord, that's you saying and reminding them that you love them, that you're here with them. And God, I pray Right now, this moment, they surrender to you. And God, you can fill them with your love, but also, God, fill them with your power because there'll be temptations, there'll be struggles in their life still, but there's power today for them to overcome. And God, for fathers who feel like they, they aren't good examples, God, in this moment, God, they encounter your love, your forgiveness, your grace, your hope, your mercy, and your power, Lord, that they are good examples, that they are what they've done, that God, just because they started one way doesn't mean they have to finish one way, God. And you've brought these wonderful children in their lives for this moment, God, to, for them to be an example for their children, God. So I pray you strengthen them, encourage them, power them, God. We thank you today for what you're doing here at Together Church, Lord. We give the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, dads, have a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day. Be a blessing to your children. Be a blessing to your wife. Be a blessing to those around you. And hey, if you like this message, do us a favor. Share it with someone who you think needs to hear it. 
uh, share it with someone who needs some encouragement in their life. And if you haven't, please go to our Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Play, Google Play. Go to all of those. Give us a like. Give us a share. Let us know how we can better connect with you. And listen, life is always better together.